there's a big debate about what house Princess Leia would be in. And right. I was like, I should not have picked this battle. I was not ready for this. <laughs> Leia would be a Gryffindor. That's what I said. As a Gryffindor, obviously, I would like to claim her. Slytherin <laughs> was what was uh, put up. And I was like, mm-mm. Han Solo, Slytherin, Luke also Gryffindor? I would say, I would say Han Solo, uh, A New Hope, Slytherin. But after that, he winds up back in Gryffindor. Because, again, he starts... To me, Slytherins, I don't I don't say they're bad guys. That's why I'm right here. But still, Slytherins are very much themselves first kind of mentality. Yeah. Like, danger, I got to make sure I'm okay. That was Han in his new hope. I remember Price Strikes Back. He's totally Gryffindoring through the rest of the trilogy. Let me let me take one more shot here. C-3PO, Hufflepuff? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to classify a droid, honestly, because yeah, there's not say, enough personality there. Because you want to say the logic and the intelligence, Ravenclaw, but you're like, no, it's just program right not like because to me it's the houses are so much more of what you're comfortable in as a human being like everyone has all traits i think or what your priority is what your priority is that's a better way to say it absolutely i'm sticking with c3po hufflepuff based on everything you guys just said (laughs) you you live your dreams eric you can have that Welcome to BitFaced. Back in the Bit Cave after a very long and rewarding weekend at Denver Comic Con. We taped a lot of fun stuff there that unfortunately you might not be able to hear, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, before I introduce our guests tonight and before we get into anything, I want to talk about Pop Culture Classroom. They partner with DCC every year, provide 600 hours of educational programming, over 9,000 square feet. Their main goal is a Kind of very similar to BitFaced, except not as self-serving. They really want to help the community out through pop culture, igniting a love of learning, increasing literacy, celebrating diversity, and building community. And how can you not be behind that? The fact that DCC partners with them is great. We mentioned them a lot this weekend when we were taping live. Wanted to make sure I started off the show with that. We've got, finally, for the first time in my life, actually, Carl Brevik, on the podcast uh, today, which makes me very happy. My natural voice, silky smooth that it is. Which I have never heard. <laughs> I know. That's, I you was heard it briefly in the last one. Little he flash, said like one but, still, but even then, it was not enough for him to know yeah, if this is natural. When you walked up to me, wow, Tyler. When <laughs> you walked job. up to me on Friday, you were completely in character again and i was like this is this is (laughs) wonderful i walked up to the head of the cosplay classic to check in as remus lupin on saturday and i walked up and i was like i'm ready to check in and she kept like are you signing up or what and like i'm the mc and she was like ah (laughs) very upset that she had not identified that after about five minutes of conversation (laughs) so actually before i get into this we do have a big announcement from con i wanted to to kind of lead with but i'm not gonna I'm not going to lead with You don't want to steal my thunder? Not usually. With, usually I do, <laughs> just to piss you off. But no, I think I think you need to uh, need to talk about this on BitFace. Yeah, so Denver Comic-Con, um, it was the first year that Cap for Kids had an entire booth to itself. We had always shared in the past, and that had brought us a lot of difficulty. Um, but this year, not only did we have a whole 10 by 10 booth to ourselves, we had an incredible team of volunteers 
and um, and knocked my goal out of the water, which I didn't think was going to be possible. But we raised over fifty two hundred dollars for Cap for Kids this year. And just to remind you guys, we sponsor families up to ten thousand dollars. So that's half of a family sponsorship in one weekend. How awesome is that? And you guys had a very, I stopped by the Cat for Kids table a lot, also self-serving to store gear, but you guys had a very energetic crew the whole time. and you guys were always busy. I could barely pull you aside, much right. less. I said one word to Lloyd. Hey, Lloyd, how yeah. are you? Basically, <laughs> Michaela gave me my jacket and that was the last time I saw her. You right. guys were popping this weekend. Yeah, it, it was really phenomenal. Um, Friday was, was just incredible. We were so overwhelmed, not only with the amount of energy at our booth, but how how kick-ass our volunteers were and how much the people coming to talk to us really appreciated what we were doing. I think three separate volunteers tried to tell me what you guys did. And I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> we, oh. we had that even with, um, we had one of our other board members, uh, Dan Richard, who does all of our IT as well. He walked up and had two different volunteers trying to talk to him. Have you heard about Cat for Kids? He's like, I'm on the board. Like, it's okay, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> That's a good table to have though yeah it is and it you is. could tell when you walked by there you could i mean you feel the energy in the entire place which i'll talk about a little later too i thought the energy was a little off yeah but it was not off this year near the cat for kids table when right. i wanted to feel at home i uh, i came and saw you guys and, and got a couple hugs and gave sterling one of our new business cards <laughs> one of the first i gave out and i was like I should give it to Becca first, but you know what? No, I'm going <laughs> to no, give it to Sterling. It, uh, it's basically There's, the same thing. If you hand Captain America a condom, I mean, that's like top 20 for me. <laughs> and I, I got to do it at con, but I'm glad you guys had such a, uh, such a great weekend. Yeah. Outside of, I'm sure we're going to say a lot of good things about con, but I think uh, a lot of us might bring up a couple negative things that we experienced this yep. weekend. What was not negative is Carl, did you do six Six. Cosplays? That is correct. Six cosplays for the weekend. That's fucking amazing. Did, did anyone else do six? Not that I ran into, no. I'm not saying I had the high score, but I don't think anyone was stupid enough to do <laughs> six cosplays and three changes over the weekend. Three is, is the norm for a cosplayer, correct? Correct. Yeah, if you're doing one different every day, you're doing pretty darn good, is what I would say. Yeah. I shouldn't say good. Anyone who dresses up and cosplays is doing great. Right. But is going above and beyond. Three is going above and beyond. But this year I had so many groups I wanted to do, so many great celebrities to pair up with. And again, so many reasons to change. I was like, you know what? Let's do this. <laughs> Let's see how I do. Tell me about your weekend. Oh, my goodness. I've seen you pictures on stage. I only got to see you in person in one of your cosplays the day you did Buffy. Were you yes, Spike? Spike, that is correct. I, I'm not a big Buffy fan, but your accent was spot yes. on, and it was uh, it was great. I didn't get to see the other five, so for the people that weren't at Denver Comic-Con, what were your other five cosplays? So, uh, Friday night was Sexy Gandalf making his return to uh, Denver. Uh, he made a huge splash last year with two other sexy wizard friends, and I was promoting the release of his first parody music video, uh, Which I posted on Bitfaced earlier yes. this week, so, so everyone have... should have watched it. Yes, so you, you, everyone knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, that was my big thing there, and I was so pleasantly surprised when people were like, "You were sexy Gandalf last year," and I'm like, "Your sidewalks." <laughs> so that was fun. Saturday morning, Remus Lupin, because my brothers and I have gone to every con Denver Comic Con since 2013, and we've always done a trio cosplay. Our first one was Han, Luke, and Chewbacca. So we were trying, like, but now one brother's... Let in. me guess which one was Chewbacca. Yeah. It was you. No, <laughs> it was me. The shortest and thinnest <laughs> of all. But I have the spirit of Chewbacca. 
No, but, uh, and so for this year, like, the problem is one brother's becoming a doctor, another one's pursuing Broadway. So, like, we're busy. <laughs> so, planning costumes used to be like a two month thing. And I'd be like, all right, let's build this. Now it's like eight days before. I'm like, guys, <laughs> what are we dressing as? So, finally, we had like a big brain session. We're like, what if we did the Marauders from Harry Potter, like, pre James's death? Yeah. We're like, that'd be emotionally impactful. And I can throw oh, it together. Oh, and it was. Thank you. Yeah. That was what was my favorite things of the weekend of all things was. I did, you know, I was working the con and did panels, and I'm going to talk about the cosplay contest later. But uh, being James, Remus, and Sirius walking around, everyone knows Harry Potter, it seems like. And then the people who do, like, it was just so many people, like, started crying yeah. when they saw us. So I've got a story about that. Eric um, came up to me and Sterling after the cosplay contest, and he was still dressed as Sirius. And Sirius was my favorite character oh. in the entire series. <laughs> and so I don't even remember what Eric said to us, because the whole time I'm like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> And that was it. And it was kind of that layered. It's like, oh, we know, you know, Sirius was the identifiable one, I think. Yeah. Like first pay, ah, oh, there's Sirius Black. He's got, my brother had the hair and the mustache down. And then they'd look at me for a little bit like, mustache, floppy hair, wool suit, Remus Lupin. And having wands helped. But then they'd see my, my last brother, Cody, and see this guy in, in Harry Potter glasses and this long black coat. And they'd be like, <sighs> and when you hit no. that third revelation of like seeing James with his friends that you didn't get to enjoy in the books of the movies very much. All of a sudden, it was just like, oh, you saw My all the heart. Christmases they missed and all yeah. these events. And so that was fun. But I was worried that no one would recognize Remus Lupin without my group. So when it came time, I was emceeing the cosplay classic. And so I was like, I'm going to do someone light, comfortable, movable, but identifiable. So I chose Indiana Jones. That's one of my favorite characters. I saw that picture. Yeah. And it looked great. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, and this thing, and there was like, I went propless basically because I felt like Indy, first of all, I was like, I just, I know, I think whips are on the list, but I'm not sure. <laughs> so, because I didn't get leather whips necessarily in the rules. But I was like, you know what? I don't want to worry about it. So I'm just going to leave it because I was like, you know, who can handle not having his tools? Indiana Jones. Right on. And if anyone goes, where's his gun? I'm like, I've done fine without it before. <laughs> How many times has he lost it or it's fallen out during a stunt? You, yeah, you, you the got time. the gun taken care of. So as I felt, it was in character to not have any of his stuff at the moment. <laughs> and then Sunday rolled around, and uh, by request, I had actually debuted a Weird Al Yankovic cosplay in Salt Lake earlier this year. And I was really surprised, first of all, at how well it was received. Secondarily, that I, people believed I looked just like him. Like, I made it viral on Imgur as his lookalike. But then third, how many people were mad that I did it in Salt Lake and not Denver? (laughs) So I had to come back like, all right, I'm bringing him. He's coming because like I have an accordion. That you can actually play. That I play and stuff. So it's like an experience. It's a weird Al experience. And so I brought him back. And then, but then I I was like, but by the end of Sunday, there's going to be time. Like I always try and do a light, what I call a costume light, like a James T. Kirk, something that everyone sees all the time that I can kind of see the con and without being stopped. So I did Matt Murdock from Daredevil. And I thought, that's a suit, simple look. I was wrong. Apparently, I also look just like Charlie Cox. <laughs> and my mannerisms are down. So I was getting stopped all the time. They're like, you look just like him. We need pictures. And I was like, great. I didn't want to see anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and well, he was so good in like selfies and photos at just doing like the thousand yard stare, not looking at the camera. <laughs> Cracked me up every single photo that I saw of your Matt Murdock pop up. I was laughing. Now, I've seen a picture of you in the Weird Al costume 
with Weird Al. Yes. I have to ask you, since I can tell this story now, <laughs> what did you say to Al? So when I when I saw Al, is this the first time or Denver Comic Con? Oh, go with the go with whatever story. I've Perfect. only I've only gotten to meet the man once. So first time I walked in and I was like, I'd gotten there early. This is Salt Lake. I'd slept in my car, gotten throw my stuff on. I'm like, I'm the only thing I'm here for is Weird Al Yankovic. Get out of my way. So I get there and I'm practicing the song all the way over and everyone's losing their minds. I'm like, wow, this is working. So I'm standing outside his booth and I start playing and I bust in and I'm like playing another one rides the bus and I'm rocking out and he looks at me so politely and smiles very nice and I learned he was an introvert <laughs> and just looks at me like, and he looks like, and I finish my song and he claps twice and then says, you look great and then looks at my accordion and went, but this instrument, how long have you had it? And he starts nerding out about this accordion. I'm like, Total honesty, Al. I bought this on Craigslist two weeks ago <laughs> just to meet you. And he's like, well, this is a really, really nice accordion. So he signs it for me and uh, tells me some tips about accordioning. And I'm losing my mind. And he kind of sends me on my way. I'm like, what just happened? I just learned Weird Al accordion from Weird Al. So I come back to Denver. And a friend of mine really wanted to see him. So Sunday morning, dressed up again, and I get in, and his assistant sees me first, and he's like, oh, you're back. <laughs> Look at you. And then Al sees me, and it's that smile again. He's like, you taking care of that accordion? I'm like, yes, Mr. Yankovic, I promise. <laughs> and uh, and he, he smiled and talked to me a little bit, and he's like, you really do look uncanny. And then I leave again, and all of a sudden, I'm walking away, and these two volunteers come up. I'm like, uh, Al wants to meet with you later? I'm like, What? Am I in trouble? Because <laughs> the whole morning, security's running after to be like, ah, you can't go back. You can't be here alone. You can't. Oh, you're not him. And you're getting really mad at me. Like, security's like, you have to get out of celebrity summit when you're not around him because we're losing our minds here. <laughs> so I go to the meeting. First thing, one o'clock, they pull me behind the, the, the booth. And I was like, my security staff keeps checking my table to make sure I'm here. And I think it's your fault. <laughs> And I was like, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, no, that's not why I called you here. I just wanted to get to know you. <laughs> Say hello. I think you're amazing. And all of a sudden, there's like this other layer when he was kind of in private. And so I, I lost my mind. And he just talked to me. Just a really nice, nice, polite conversation. And then at the end, he's like, oh, yeah, but you keep doing it. So I go out and I go sit. Like, I got to sit. So I sit down outside like the photo booth area. Two security guards come running up again. And they're like, Al, we have places for you. We Oh. Can you leave? <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. I, was, I thought if I was sitting, do you really think Weird Al carries his accordion everywhere he goes? They're like, we don't know. He's Weird Al after all. And you sit just like him. I'm like, okay, this is going too far. Too far. That's amazing. Thank you. No, it's a lot of fun. He's a sweetheart, though. I can't encourage people to spend money seeing him and taking, getting autographs, all that stuff, because he's so worth it. He was he was a little reserved, but I did make him laugh. And normally, Ooh. if I can make him laugh, if I can make anyone laugh, we're good. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I was so nervous. And when I got in the line to the point I could see him, I, I had a panic attack. Like, when the curtain went back and I was like, that's fucking weird Al right there. Like, he's sitting right there. I flipped out for about... 20 minutes. Luckily, the line was slow as shit. <laughs> uh, but when I walked up to him, uh, I had a picture taken, too. And I said, Al, I'm 40 years old. I've been listening to you my entire life, and you've been making me laugh the whole time. But I laugh the hardest ever in UHF when you say the two words, roadmaps. And he just starts <laughs> chuckling. And he was like, 
Thanks, man. No one's ever told me that before. <laughs> Shakes my hand, and I said, thank you, Al. And he looked me right in the eyes and said, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. And uh, and I left. But yeah, I had to get that out there to him. Every time he says roadmaps, I lose my shit. That's and I wanted just so to tell him, like, hilarious. you've told me a million jokes. But that's the one that's that... That's uh, the one that sticks out. Yeah. So he was awesome. Yeah, no, I was surprised. Obviously, you don't get, like, Al TV Al all the time because you would go crazy trying to do that. But I was so surprised when I saw him. He was just like very so like inner zen, like not like not like reserved, but like super polite, super kind, but so calm. Like he had it down. And good God, I mean, you want to talk about a poster boy for no drinking, drugs, and yes. eating well? Al looks like yes. he's, Al looks younger than me. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I can get away with looking like him, being twenty <laughs> years his younger. Everyone's like, you look just like him. I'm like, I don't know if that's oh, wait, not a compliment because he looks really young. He had a little gray yep. in the yep. hair, but you know what? I loved him even more for that because I was like, you have to have gray hair. I mean, what, is he 55? Yeah. Okay. And that's like, I have gray in my beard and I'm 20 years younger. So I'm like, yeah, please, please show you're human too. Yeah. I saw him perform at BlizzCon last year and I was shocked at how energetic his entire performance was because he was on stage maybe 40 minutes and did not stop that entire time. They just flowed one song to the next. He was running in circles around stage doing all of his crazy stuff. And I'm like, how is he not out of breath? Like I'm out of breath from walking. (laughs) (laughs) Did he open with tacky where he walked in from some completely different place like in denver he was behind the stage you could see him walking past the tour buses on a portable mic (laughs) just like in the video that's how you open a fucking show that's awesome he's a performer he's the greatest performer again i feel like we're supposed to talk about denver comic-con but i will talk about weird al for days (laughs) because again like they scored with a celebrity presence but man no he doesn't turn it off. You never get bored. There's never like a downtime. There's always a video. There's always a costume change. There's always something. You're never left just sitting going, well, when does the next thing happen? He performs. It's a performance. Oh my God. When I saw him in Denver and he came out and did the four song solo Ugh. accordion set, like another one rides the bus. Um, God, I can't remember the other three songs, but it was phenomenal. Yes. I was in tears. Yes. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm with you. We do need to put a pin in that because this is the Denver. But you know what? When I looked at the list of the Denver Comic-Con guest, there is no fucking question. And someone was like, well, they added John Cusack. There goes your theory. And I was like, no. Actually, that was Doug. I was like, fuck you. There's no one, there's no one at that con to me that is better than Weird Al. Weird Al, I waited in line four hours to meet you. Yeah. And it was worth every hour, even the panic attack, even the kid behind me freaking out. All worth it. Because I spent half of my con in lines. Yeah. We should do an entire like Weird Al podcast next time. Uh, will you come back? I will come as Weird Al and play the eight bars I know on accordion. <laughs> Let's get, th- you live in town, right? I do. Let's get this tape sooner rather than later. Done. I would love to do a Weird Al tribute episode of BitFace. I can talk about Weird Al all day. Me too. No, it's the thing. It'd be like a five hour episode and still not enough. <laughs> now that we talked about Carl's cosplays, something else crazy happened at Denver uh, Comic Con this year. I was just about to bring that up. I was hoping we, I was about to do a different transition and slide <laughs> no. right by that. Oh, we're not, not sliding chance. by that at all. I cosplayed. Yeah. I put it, yeah. I put it I was, on my Facebook. I was so proud. I was like, I almost cried when I saw you. I was like, <laughs> no, so you did. did. You gave me like a, uh, you gave me like a Carrie Keegan hug. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And you, I, I'm taking full unwarranted credit for it. Good. I'm you saying should. I inspired him. Yeah, I'm taking credit. Yeah. I knew immediately, I told you where to meet me, and you walked in, and I just see you walking by, and I'm just like, oh my God, it's Brody. (laughs) (laughs) 
I honestly, the jacket is amazing. The cup sold the costume. It did. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. glad we had those little cups just laying around and you're like, hey man, I'm bringing one of these to con. <laughs> it was weird though, because I don't think a lot of people recognize Brody is one thing that I learned at Denver Comic Con, <laughs> but the people that did... One guy flipped the fuck out. He was behind a thing selling comics, and I was standing there, and I did the pose with the cup, and he was like, holy shit, dude. It's <laughs> like, okay, well, then I, I sold it. I made it work. And then when I ran into Jay and Bob, Jay was the happiest I've ever seen a person. Have I showed you those pictures No, yet? you haven't. Jay flipped out. Awesome. They were taking a picture with another group of people, and he pointed at me, and he was like, dude, what are you doing at the fucking mall? And I, I mean, I was, I was in heaven. So I got to rant with them, and like, Silent Bob tried to pick up his cigarette, and I said, the force is strong with this one. And Jay was like, don't encourage him. I mean, it was fucking awesome. awesome. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I, you guys have been trying to convince me uh, for years to do this. Uh, car, well, you have. Rebecca yeah. definitely has. Yeah. And so I finally did it. And I did have a good time. Good. And you know what? My picture with Weird Al is dressed as Brody. And yeah. my picture with Michael Rosenbaum also dressed as Brody. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I, I was so... So proud, so excited. No, I've said it before. All of my best stories always start with, so I'm dressed as. <laughs> and then the story continues. Now you've got amazing stories that will start with, I'm dressed as Brody and. I think I'm still going to stick with uh, doing more obscure characters only because, like, I guess I took a couple pictures with people, but I really liked only being appreciated by like okay that dude Hardcore is fans. geek as fuck and yeah. he appreciates it and these guys are geek and yeah, a couple of my friends up. online that saw the picture were like the fucking cup fuck yes and i was like <laughs> okay you get it then yeah but when you do like indiana jones or shit you as daredevil you as any character carl you i know that it's 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 got to be a different world and plus i people have told me this a lot i don't really invite attention like, remember the time we went to the park and the kids were throwing rocks and they quit? They were like, don't throw them at that guy. He'll fucking kill you. And then <laughs> Tyler just started laughing. And I was like, what is it about me, man? Like, I- <laughs> uh, That was a good time, though. Uh, so, so anyway, enough, enough about me and my cosplay. I did cosplay. Thank you for bringing it up. I was going to try to get past it tonight, but it did <laughs> no, happen. Did. I went as Brody Bruce. And I thought my costume looked great. It Thanks, did. Kayla. Yeah, it Kayla did awesome on that jacket. Like, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, holy shit. She outdid herself. You know, she she's so talented. She just patterned that thing entirely from the jacket that you had handed her. So I was super impressed. I'm going to brag on Kayla um, again really quick. She um, she actually competed for the first time at Denver Comic Con. Was it that Wonder Woman costume? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wasn't it, it excellent? Mm. So yeah. So that was her first ever competition. She's been cosplaying for years. You've seen her sewing work. Um, and that was actually her first armor build as well. Um, so I, I was, um, Sterling and I, every year we help, um, people off stage so that they don't trip down the stairs and die. It's a great time for everyone. Um, but so I was standing off to the side of the stage and I was like in tears. I was just so proud of her. So great job, Michaela. Great job with the jacket too, because everyone that's seen the pictures online and everyone that saw me in person. And for me, I didn't put the jacket on until the parking lot. Right. I put it on and I was walking past the storefront and I looked to the left and I was like, fuck, dude, I'm Brody. Yeah, <laughs> you are. And, and yeah, uh, you are. Doug was like, next time, dude, you're doing your hair. And he's like, and you're shaving your fucking beard off. And I was like, uh, I don't know about that. That's oh, the only. No, 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 no. Remember, it grows back. No, I know it does. It, and I can back. grow it back in a week. That's but... what I'm saying. You've got a manly beard that will be back. <laughs> so, so let it, let it, you just let it go. Because I think that's what I always tell people, like, especially when, especially guys who can grow their beard back fast. If you're like, it took me eight months to grow this mustache. I'm like, fine, leave it. 
But when you when you're like us, I'm like shave. No, I can you grow. I can get this back days. in a week. Exactly. So. So I'd love to actually recreate that movie poster at some point. Um, so we'll have you shave for for that. We'll have you shave for a photo shoot. Tyler, you can pull off TS down there, can't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. In fact, well, Renee has like 19 outfits. You know that. You can. Oh, pick. I know. Okay. I mean, I don't have the TS hair, but uh, <laughs> that's for we sure. Back we, at we know people. Yeah, yeah. We know people. All, All their right. costumes involve some sort of hairpiece. I mean, eventually, if you get into cosplay hardcore, you have to go with hair, right? Well, say four yeah. of my six cosplays. Trying to count them out. Five of my six cosplays had wigs this year. Wow. It was my first time. Yeah. I just went. Oh, you know, no, and as Eric. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah. You're doing good, but it was so good. And when you get some real good pictures, you can shave. I, uh, I had the, uh, the my cousin Walter jerked off in public story completely memorized before the day two, and I didn't get to tell it. I was just oh, waiting no. for someone to call me out. I was like, See, I'm ready I to had fucking seen go. You, I would have asked for it. I I'll I'll do it eventually. That will not be the last time I show up as Brody. I no. promise you that. Yeah. Good. I will I will Good. get a, a few more uses out of that jacket. Yeah, only for because sure. it was custom made for me. Yeah. And well, it's it's beautiful. When I was looking at it when it was sitting at the booth, like it's it's lined properly. I mean it looks like factory made. And she just I thought made it was. I saw it and was like, What a thrift store find that is. Nope. Where did you track that original article made. down? Man. And that's, you know, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go all the way. One of the other best parts, Tyler, is when you and I were out and uh, we were trying to put something somewhere. And I was like, well, Brody would have a pocket, right? Oh, here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, mad props, Michaela. I don't know. You're probably not going to listen to this because I know no, you. No, she'll listen. She's she will. listening. Yep. Okay. Uh, but anyway, love the Brody jacket. Let's talk about, I don't want to get into the negative just yet, but I heard a lot of buzz about cosplay rules. And since we're on cosplay, can we, should we bring up the the bad yeah we'll, we'll cover them um relatively briefly you know everything that is going to be said has already been said just not by us so we can we can cover it you know the um the the prop rules in particular were, were pretty disappointing this year um i don't think i cared as much as a lot of other people but i was at the booth the entire weekend and i go to several other cons throughout the year so for a lot of people this is like their only big con Mm -hmm. and they want to show off you know the specific costume and does have great weapons whatever um what i loved just to get into the positive before we get into the negative is that nathan had brought us all um since we couldn't have guns he brought us all bananas plastic (laughs) bananas and so the level of innuendo that entire weekend was just beautiful like he handed it to me on friday and i was like you can't give me this in public (laughs) you need to wait till we're alone or um you know yes that's a banana in my holster but also i'm happy to see you (laughs) how did we not put a bit face condom on On a banana oh my god i should have brought one with me i know i still have them gags for the future (laughs) we can still do it i don't think it'll mean the same we can still do it (laughs) yeah i think my favorite part about uh the rule i i didn't enjoy the rule the proper right. rule but my favorite part about it was how everyone reacted to it and they came in satirical manners you know right. whether it was bananas or one of my favorite was this guy just carrying around this big cardboard cutout i saw that had a sticker on the side that said you know uh, gun failed to render deal due to new DCC prop rules or something. Yeah, if uh, if error continues, please discontinue use of DCC.exe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Did you see the South Park guy that was just running around the con floor doing the? They took our guns. No, I yeah. didn't. But that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I like that. It's taking a bad situation and making it great. Right. 
And that's the thing. I think there was room for that because I was looking back at my pictures from 2013 and I had my Han Solo blaster and back then they didn't even have the orange tip rule really, really enforced. So I'm looking at my Han Solo blaster like, wow, you know, four years ago, that's what I was doing at the same con. But, uh, but at the end of the day too, like I, I also agree there's, it's a complex issue. I tend to devil's advocate a lot more than most do about the issue because, uh, there is that part of me that trusts, you know, or at least wants to hope that actual security professionals and police had input on this and that there is some genuine attempt at safety. Having said that, the execution of the rules, that's where I, you know, there is nothing right. really to defend that I can defend right now. But there are, there are elements to it. And so when people would go, I've got a funny alternative. I got something new. That was the people I liked to see more than the people who are like, I'm just going to boycott and look mad faced to the whole con. I'm right. Like, yeah. Well, you're just, you're, you're cutting off your nose despite your face and not furthering anything. And that was the big thing too about, um, so, you know, initially DCC had said no realistic looking guns. If it was cartoony looking, um, you know, from a distance could definitely be, be identified as not real. Um, then you were still allowed to bring it. So we had people bringing in, you know, some of the Overwatch blasters are really brightly colored. Um, I <clears throat> I ended up not bringing them, but my, um, my Borderlands SMG did get approved because it's hot pink. Um, but then you would get some sub- subjectiveness and certain people wouldn't be allowed in with their weapons and certain people would. And the people who weren't being allowed were complaining to Denver Comic-Con. So Saturday morning at 9 a.m., they said, all right, fine, no guns, period. And that was rough because not only were people already in line with their guns that they were now told they had to take back to the car or the hotel or whatever, um, but also, you know, just to change something that quickly, I think upset a lot of people. But what I've tried to tell people over and over again, you know, it's, it's fine if you think that you're being treated unfairly and no, they can't be perfect across the board, but you complaining about it, they're never going to go the other way. They're never going to say, well, since you're upset about this, we will let you have your gun. They're going to say, well, since you're upset about this, no guns for anyone. It was the same thing with male nipples this year. People were complaining the last several years, like, well, it's sexist that women have to cover up and guys don't. And so this year they were like, fine, guys have to cover up too. It wasn't going to go the other way. Right. No, and that's a really good point. And that's what I was talking about on Sunday was, a lot of these gun rules and prop rules got stricter the more people complained about it publicly because they'd be like, well, here's here's a rule. And then somebody's like, well, I could just take a real gun and paint it like a Nerf gun and I'd get it in apparently. They'd be like, okay, fine, then we'll have to change that rule. And then every time the rule came out, there'd be a big following and be like, we're going to push back with this way we'd get around it. And they'd be like, well, we'll answer that way to get around it then. And they kept doing it, not realizing that, like you're saying, right. that complaining just upped the ante versus easing it. They'd be going, well, if you're going to be like that, then we have to be like this. Right. And I mean, overall, the guys at DCC, they are looking out for our safety. And truthfully, like, there were a lot of great cosplays with or without it. There were people cosplaying. I saw Nathan Drake just empty holsters, looked fantastic. There's so many ways to do it and not complain about it and do great. Well, and I, and I, I did a uh, in-character acting panel two days in a row, part one and part two, and this question came up a lot because like, I had a Mr. Freeze who was like, well, how do I even stand without my ice gun? <laughs> I feel that that's the majority of it. And again, I always go to the in-character element. That's my first thought always. I'm like, what would happen if Mr. Freeze lost his gun? Guess what? He's a genius that's not going to give up. And that's what I wish everyone in cosplay would go to. It's like, okay, what would, my, what would my character do? And the key is not give up and still look awesome. Right. Yeah. Although... Next year, if they have these same rules and they're just as strict, one of us should cosplay as Trump, and we should 
you know, have signs and a podium <laughs> for make DCC great again. <laughs> oh my gosh. We should get Jonathan to do that because yes, he has a Trump. He's got a great Trump. Oh my like, goodness. Uh, I was at Phoenix um, the day of the, 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 the big issue. And I remember it's such a gigantic place with so many people. It happened. I didn't even know. And then later, like, by the way, that, you know, just down there, the guy was just tackled by cops and escorted out because he tried to, he was going to do a shooting. I'm like, what? 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 You didn't even know what happened. But again, the next day, experiencing phoenix the day after the uh, the big events made me look at the dcc issues and be like it gets worse yeah it does get worse at least they foresaw some things and eliminated those where phoenix was stuck i mean you're talking four and a half hours standing outside the building some of that first day they find they had to be like all right just let everyone in because people are getting suffering from heat stroke yeah yeah because phoenix you know they tried to enforce no props whatsoever one day already into the con. So this wasn't even something that they had announced beforehand. It was purely reactionary, and that's always more difficult. Um, One thing that I noticed, and I won't call out any names, but a lot of my friends who were super upset about the DCC prop ban after Phoenix happened, they without like saying oh i was wrong or anything all of a sudden became crusaders for DCC's prop (laughs) ban. It's like, dude, I've got screenshots. I see you. (laughs) I think regardless of you know what it comes down to is dcc and every time i go to any convention i've never felt unsafe mm-hmm. i've felt very safe in fact because most people who go and everyone that i could tell and there is a pretty good overall vibe everyone's just there to enjoy their fandoms to enjoy their company of all the geeks around them and to pick up some pretty cool swag and to meet some, you know, celebrities, of course. Right. I felt it was off this year. I didn't get the same energy. And Carl, Mm -hmm. you mentioned people walking around with frowns on their faces. I almost could not put it better than that because it did not. First of all, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone has this stat, Definitely less people in costume this year, first of all. I would hands, say considerably. Hands yes, so. considerably. Automatically, that makes shit less enjoyable for me as a people watcher. Well, and I've, I, you know, I've been to San Diego, I've been to Minneapolis, I've been to Phoenix, I've been, I make lists list Salt Lake all day. And I always said in years past, Denver Comic Con has the best per capita cosplay in the, in the country. Hands down. Every year I've gone. They beat San Diego per capita. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, all of a sudden, I was like, and again, it's like my, why my Matt Murdock was a gigantic hit late on a Sunday because there just weren't the costumes out there all of the photo stages seemed a little less stocked yeah and a big part of that was um was which weekend they put it on because it was the exact same time as ax anime Mm -hmm. expo out Mm -hmm. in california and um i know at least 40 people um 40 cosplayers who were at ax instead of dcc that's a very good point um so it's not entirely the the prop ban although that is a huge part of it i definitely had friends that were like well i'm not even gonna cosplay um (laughs) But the fact that they moved it back to Father's Day weekend for next year, I think, will help a lot because it's no longer overlapping with AX. And, and July 4th. Yeah. yeah. People which, are out of which town. Which normally is on a weekend. This year, it happened to be middle of the, the but week. But still, the weekend but before is usually when Saturday you're doing when all stuff. all the fires are going off in my neighborhood. Yeah. But, not saying, but I, I will say also that the Cosplay Classic showed the kind of things you could still achieve well within all of the rules, even the right. backward ones. Right. Like I was like, I remember emceeing. I was like, wow, I'm emceeing the year all these rules are in place. Is this going to be like the year of the same single costume reproduced? Cause it's like, <laughs> no, it was amazing. There was amazing cosplay to display all of it in the rules. Yeah. So 
that was another interesting perspective that I got to have through the weekend. Tell me about that and talk to me a little bit about what it takes compared to acting to MC. Because I've acted before and I feel that acting is a lot easier <laughs> than being, you know what, Johnny Carson, you're up, motherfucker. So <laughs> you better be decent, right? That is, a, that is I, I'm glad that it's understood that way. Because exactly, as an actor too, uh, stage, if you're stage acting, you get weeks, often months and change, a month and change of rehearsal. So everyone knows exactly what to do and when. And if something goes wrong, you might have to wiggle your way back to the path. But there's a path. Screen, same way. You have a script. If something screws up, we stop. We start over. <laughs> go again. Don't worry. But with that, not only when you're emceeing, do you not know exactly what's going to happen apart from, okay, I've got a list of names to read. But anything could happen. Like we had uh, a Skyrim group come out. And for their cue, or rather I should say, we're supposed to come out. And they didn't. And we're waiting and there's that little bit like, when do you assume they're not coming? When you step to the finals, like, what a great cosplay. They got their invisibility potion <laughs> on points. And there's a laugh. And that's the thing. But you have to be always sharp. But it's always balancing it out. And the other thing is, like, we had to vamp sometimes. And you never, there's no one's a good enough MC that people don't know you're vamping, in my experience. Like, yeah. everyone knows, like, okay, they're filling time. All you get is they're doing a good job filling time or a bad job. But even when you're doing a good job, there is no, okay, we need six minutes exactly. Can you fill six minutes? It's, we don't know when the next thing's going to happen. Just go. (laughs) So you're like, well, I can't start a long story, but I don't want to get all my good single jokes out. So you get that moment. So it's it basically comes down to trusting yourself and relying on uh, the fact that also everyone's there kind of rooting for you in general as long as you're trying. What I tell people about emceeing versus acting is emceeing should never be about you. It should be about the cosplayers. It should be the event. You're there. You are a vessel of the audience to the events. And if you're making about you, and I feel like that kind of happened a lot last year, not that I'm you know, throwing shade at the previous MCs, but there were some times you're like, not only are you not as funny as you think you are, you are trying to make it about you. Yeah. And you're not, we're not here for you. No one showed up just to see you. My brother showed up just to see me, but that was it. <laughs> and so MCing this gig, the other thing I will say though is a wonderfully supportive audience. I walked out there and was like, they love me already. Yeah. All I have to do is not be an ass. Yeah. And I succeed. That's huge. Huge. They, the audience was fantastic. You know, um, Carl and your co MC, I forget. Yeah, CJ, CJ Willard, amazing comedian uh, based out of Boulder and works out of Denver a lot. Amazing dude. Um, so they invited me and Sterling up on stage. You know, like I said, we were standing right off stage helping people not die off the stairs. Um, and we had like slipped it to Carl earlier, like, if you guys need to fill some time, we'd love to talk about Cat for Kids. And he was like, perfect. So, so I was like, so I'm immediately like, I'm CJ, I'm pulling them up before the catwalk. There is no if. Yeah. <laughs> And so um, what what really touched me is, you know, Sterling and I have done this. Um, it was my third year, his fourth, talking during the, the cosplay classic about our cause. And so we get up on stage, and one of the things Sterling has, says is, um, who here has actually heard of Cap for Kids? And about half the crowd cheered. And we were like, you guys. <laughs> you cried, didn't you? No. She's going <laughs> to cry right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm too dehydrated to cry right now. <laughs> Sorry. The bit cave it's in the fine. summer. This is why, too, like, 6 o'clock works, but normally we tape a lot later. Later, yeah. In the summer, like, 9. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we've got we've, we've all got schedules and we're all busy. This is the first time we've all been together in months. Yeah. Yeah. Since Galaxy Fest? My fault. <laughs> we have the actual bit crew. <laughs> yeah. Now, we've been together since Galaxy Fest, but only maybe once. I think so. Just yeah. how much I listen to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, 
it's uh i i, I hear that a lot <laughs> i listen i've listened to my one like 18 times so it makes you feel any better <laughs> That's one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I like that episode a lot. It was a lot of fun to uh, to meet you. I I don't know though. I have a lot more fun talking to you in person. Oh, thank you. That's so nice to hear. I like I, really I like your that. characters, and don't think that you can't ever come back on the cast in any character you want. No. But it was really refreshing. I was like, as soon as I opened the door, I was like, okay, it's him. Today. It's Sweet. him. We get to know him. Yeah. yeah I, get to, da- I really want Dale Gribble to come talk to you guys because I be think awesome. that's going to be a hoot and a half. But. <laughs> I did a panel with him in Phoenix, not to get way rabbit trail, I promise I'll be brief, but my whole concept of the panel was just talking about conspiracy theories and fandoms. What are your favorite fan theories? But it very quickly devolved about after 20 minutes into them throwing conspiracy theories at me and me never accepting them and turning them into a different conspiracy theory. <laughs> and it was amazing. So... Uh, so yeah, I want I want him to come talk to you guys. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I listened to our episode with uh, with Carl where we were actually talking about planning Spike and Drusilla, mm. um, and I was like having a little moment like, oh, we finally made it happen. We were talking about it months ago, and it was so good. It and was awesome. Both Spike and Drusilla loved us. Yes, they did. <laughs> That's awesome. When it comes yep. down to. <laughs> I was just gonna I was just gonna pull it back real quick, you know, and talk about DCC a little bit more. This is a DCC episode. Yeah, so. yeah this is the DCC episode. Right. I thought we should yeah, throw Spike down. Yeah, Drusilla. We dressed up. That was at DCC. No, I know, I know. I'm just. Uh, I brought it back before you. <laughs> enough did. about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about some of maybe like the the positives we've talked about. Mm. We we've all, we've obviously delved into some negatives, and uh, and maybe this one will cover both, but I. I'm a huge fan of how much space we did have. It was a lot more than normal, but man, did they lay that out in a weird mm-hmm. yeah. J shape. <laughs> and it was weird too, because we're so used to having the lobby with the bear and that's every single year. If you're trying to meet up with your friends, you meet under the bear. That's always it. And then we didn't have it this year. And it was honestly kind of disappointing. Um, not only because that's such a, a staple of Comic-Con and it's so easy to meet up with people there and it makes you feel so much less claustrophobic having those high ceilings, but also there's great selfie lighting there and we didn't have access to that this year. <laughs> when it was the first time walking around Artist Alley on Saturday, first time in my life at a convention that I was like, I'm anxious, I'm uncomfortable, I need to leave. And I walked all the way out of the building to get some fresh air. First time in my life. I didn't do that at San Diego. But I did it at the Artist Alley at DVCC this year. Yeah. It was packed. It was really packed. Um, and I know we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but the numbers are so close to last year that maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. I think it was still a great convention. And having that many mm-hmm. people, it can get really claustrophobic, even with all that space. I think what they tried to do is they tried to open up the Celebrity Summit way, way too, too big. Yeah. And so that just took up so much of the space that everyone else was cramped together. Yeah. Uh, well, I loved, I, I loved where it was for convenience because I spent most of my time trying to get the celebrities' attention. So just being able to get up first on, first on the right. But what was great about having it in the back in previous years was it was like having the milk in the back of the grocery store. And you'd have to walk through and be like, wow, look at all this stuff. All right, I'm going to buy six things on my way to celebrities. And, oh, I've spent $600, but here's yeah. time for the celebrities. <laughs> 
So that was interesting, but no, it was really great. I really, I really enjoyed it. And again, it's a huge con that's very young and you're going to get growing pains every year it grows. And yeah. our options right now are to have a con that doesn't grow and doesn't have growing pains or a con that keeps growing and keeps having growing pains. As long as we have each other. That's exactly right. <laughs> We've got the world spinning that- right in our hands. <laughs> Bingo. I almost wonder, will it ever get too big that we need something bigger? Is there anything bigger in Colorado? Pepsi Center? Yeah. Pepsi Center, maybe, but I don't see them doing it there. But what's interesting is, so we've never had the entire convention center for Denver Mm -hmm. Comic-Con. They always book it alongside another event. I don't know if that's because DCC is technically a nonprofit and they want to also book a profit um, to kind of balance it out. Um, or what but you know there is room to expand we just have to get more of the convention center itself well i'd like to see like i remember the, uh, an area for the big celebrity panels that's larger because i wasn't sure if like we even had the whole belco right like it seemed walled off and i was like man I, there's no reason that this many people should be missing out on a big celebrity panel they split the belco in half yeah they? Yeah. And those lines, good Jesus. Even with a media pass, Mm -hmm. the lines were brutal. Insane. To the point where, and this is really sad to say this, I caught up on a lot of the panels at home (laughs) on my computer. Yeah. where, Where I didn't have to sit in line because, I mean, just to meet two celebrities was six hours of my day. Right. Yeah. That's six hours of Saturday. And good God, I wanted to be off the floor on Saturday, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely weird. We were um, so I did two panels. I did um, when the nerds become the bullies, which is about elitism and sexism, Ooh, um, and then cosplay as a that. couple. Um, but our first panel, when the nerds become the bullies, was down in what they called the Happy Harbor Room, and it was like way at the bottom level, and no one could find us. <laughs> and it was a massive room, like easily six times the size of this room. So huge room. It's filled maybe a quarter of the way (laughs) people are like sitting in the back and we're like no come talk to us but um it was just it was really hard to find and that made things really really weird um because it wasn't anywhere near like the rest of that whole cosplay corridor right i wish i would have known you were on a panel i would have came that panel that panel sounds amazing yeah i don't yet have the couple option for the couple (laughs) tips but um the the um when the nerds become the bullies panel was really great because it's um something that we've talked about on bitface before you know this kind of saltiness when new people join the community and i was bullied and i suffered from my hobby and you guys didn't and and you know one of the things that i said was exactly that like i get it if you had asked me four years ago what i thought about all this becoming more popular i would have been so pissed because i was made fun of in middle school and now you get these people just now starting to get into it once they realize how popular it is but at the end of the day you have to realize you know that's just more more best friends for you to have more people to share your love with and i had so many people come up to me um that were in that panel that just found me during the day on friday or saturday and say you know i've always been so salty about that but ever since you said that i'm trying to be more like more calm about it more understanding and so that was really special to me no that no that's and that's really important right now just to remind because yeah. again there's there's a lot of salt going along the community whether it's from convention rules but i mean because when you get convention rules like this politics start getting involved and then you get all these slippery slope arguments and all of a sudden you're not just talking about your favorite you know subgenre of the whedon verse you're talking <laughs> about gun politics because of a prop ban right and so it really does it's really important to remember we're all fans we're all here because we love it right and so that's so that, that's it's very valuable at this convention right now just to step back and go we're all here because we're fun and that's the other thing is when you're bullied 
you know what it's like to go through it. So right. You have so why would you wish that go, on someone else? Because yeah. that's why. That's my big argument against Snape. Not to again rap trail too much, but I'm like, he knew what it's like to be bullied, and he's still bullied. I don't like that. And in our community, it should be the same way. When you know what it's like, I was called gay all through high school. Not that it's a bad thing, but definitely was used as a bad thing. Oh, you're gay because you wear purple capes. I'm like, no, I wear purple capes because I'm fabulous. <laughs> But there's no part of me that now that I see capes making it as a fashion statement in the convention series that I'm like, ah, you didn't suffer like I did. You don't deserve the cape. <laughs> Never went because I was like, no, you know what? I'm so glad that no one's being called gay for wearing a cape. What yeah. a wonderful world we live in now. I can't speak for cosplay, but for video games, I don't understand why help that kid out. Help that girl play. Mm-hmm. Help yeah. her learn. She'll bring more girls. Quit being a <laughs> fucking dick. And and be nice to people. They appreciate your hobby and they want to learn about it. So what if you've lived and breathed this for four decades? Don't be an asshole. Well, of, none of us have lived and breathed it for four decades. That's just I you, have. old man. <laughs> but no, that's the thing. And so that was what I was thinking about with the con, because I had a couple of friends who went, and they got very unhappy the first two days dealing with, like, I went with a Rick whose prop uh, ray gun had been approved, but then withdrawn with the new rules. Right. And so he was very, he was upset. And so there's a lot of friends upset, but we got to Sunday, and finally we were like, you know, I was like, it was my first day, like, off. I had no, no, no cosplay contests, no premieres, no, nothing to do, no panels. So I was like, just come with me. And my whole mindset was, I, we like prying the jaws open of a dog that has chocolate. We can find a good time in here. I promise. <laughs> it's not. It's not that much. And we did. And I remember at the end of Sunday, they're like, "This was really nice." I'm like, "Yeah." When you stop letting yourself get weighted down with all of these details, you realize there's still amazing things to do. There's amazing celebrities. There's amazing panels. There's a lot of fun people to hang out with and have lunch with, and all these great things. And it took me finally stepping down and going, "Okay, now that I can have a good time, just follow me." <laughs> And all I did was go, I don't care yeah. about any of this stuff. I'm not going to let it get in my way. I chose Matt Murdock. So, like, guess who doesn't have any guns? Matt Murdock. Easy. And, again, there are people who spend more time than I do crafting their props. But at the end of the day, I still I have a resin Han Solo blaster that I added an orange tip to that could be removed and put back on. And I spent a good 18 hours of my life on this prop that I'd love to show off. But, again... I've got the internet for that. I've got other resources. I've got places. I've got photo shoots. And so when this con came around, I was like, we're having a good time. Don't let it get in your way. And I feel some people really took that to heart, especially families and stuff. There were so many friends with families that went, we had a great time. I have no, no complaints. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed from um, the, the charity table really helped me with that a lot because, you know, no matter how upset I got at um, the crowd size or how hot it was or <laughs> or anything like that. Um, you know, I could go back to my table and see my volunteers just having a blast telling people about this wonderful cause. And, um, and it just, it kind of took me out of my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. here for a good reason. We're doing good things. We're having fun. We're seeing our friends. And at the end of the day, that was all that mattered. I think my favorite part of the con was Sunday when I was trying to be low key too. Instead of being Matt Murdock, I threw on an Assassin's Creed hoodie and just like noise. Yeah. Well, it was actually a really heavy jacket. <laughs> I don't know how it looked. No one took a picture. So, uh, I don't think, did I see you on Sunday? I don't think I did. Yeah. I snuck around behind you. Oh and, yeah. That's yeah. right. I remember now. It was great though, because with it on, people didn't talk to you. You just kind of kept your head down. You just walked through everyone. If I wanted to be a little more rude, I could have like grabbed people by their shoulders <laughs> and pushed them to the side. I mean, playing character. character. Yeah. That's dang straight. <laughs> um, and that was great because I got 
you know, from one end of the con to the next because people would get out of my way and all sorts of stuff. It was fun. I should have partied more. That's yeah. my regret. There was so much, and we're definitely not getting into this, so much drama in our mm-hmm. local community yeah. this weekend that the second I was done with everything I needed to do Saturday, I said, peace out. I, I don't need this in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with this. So I think that had something to do with, not that I was in a bad mood. I was in a good no, mood. But no, but there's definitely a... Um for for me and Sterling, there was a lot of kind of looking over our shoulder. Mm, um, you know, again, we, good... we're not going to get into any of the drama here on on record, but um, it was it was very. We were much more wary of everything, which um, which is a lot of energy to expend doing that for essentially twelve hours. Yeah, no, and it's true. And this thing, my my nana always told me, don't let anyone live in your head rent free. And that's what I practiced this weekend because there was I had the same vibe. I was just like, Ugh, uh. yeah. But then I was like, you know what's happening? More stuff. More. <laughs> they're up here for free. They're not giving me anything anymore. So I was very much evicting them and being like, all right, now it's time to. I think I don't even drink, but I was like, party in the sense that at least not going to sleep and yeah. be around people who are drinking, kind of vibe. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that felt something was a little off. No, but I, I really, I really feel it. And again. There's a lot to be said about just the whole vibe of, uh, again, you had mentioned you never felt unsafe before this at Denver yeah. Comic-Con. And I think a lot of people would say that. But there are there was enough concern, especially with the rising climates and weirdness. Even that alone, whether you agree with the prop uh, rules or not, you understood to a degree why it was being talked about. And that the reasons that it's being talked about, that changes the air. Because at the end of the day, you realize wh- wh- what they're trying to prevent that's a weird air to be around. Whether you think it's possible or not, you're like, but still, it's being talked about. And so that was a weird thing. And again, uh, there was just some people that took it so aggressively. And that's the thing. I was like, you're not helping your cause. I was getting yelled at, like, forcibly by a couple guys, being like, ah, we resent, you know, like they were trying to be funny. But they're like, I'm walking by and they're like jumping out and yelling at you about these props. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to change anything. Right. Let me enjoy my day. You should enjoy yours. You're going to spend eight hours standing here yelling at people about a prop band. Right. What a waste of a pass. It, it blew my mind how upset people got. Um, even some like non cosplayers that I know were so upset by it. And, um, you know, all I did on a status, this was like way back when it was first announced, the um, the new prop rules. Um, all I did was suggest that if you had complaints, email them to cosplay at Pop Culture Classroom because they're not going to see them on some random person's Board. Facebook. And yeah. so, you know, it's absolutely valid for you to have certain complaints. However, if you truly want things to change, you need to get those complaints in front of the right people and make sure they're well thought out. And I had people fucking furious with me for suggesting <laughs> that they email them and tell them why they were upset. Let me yell at clouds. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's you it. can't. Yeah, you can't make everybody happy. No, and that's the thing, and that's what Denver Comic Con is unfortunately in too. Everyone's in that situation, and I will say again, like I said, I, there's things I can defend, but there are things I've, I'm struggling to defend in execution. Yeah, yeah, on it's some a things. huge one. Yeah, and one of my other things that really bothered me this year is Friday. Again, I spend as much time as I can in the Celebrity Summit because magical things happen when I'm around celebrities in costume, and so I'm around Celebrity Summit. And this Friday, there were like no pictures in all of Celebrity Summit, no matter if anyone's around or not, no pictures, and they had people with signs running up. And I was in, I was Spike. And so people, you know, getting in line for Buffy, uh, the Buffy villains are like, oh, we want a picture with Spike. And they're like, no, no pictures. You have to go all the way out of Celebrity Summit to do it. And I was like, weird. Wow. And it was never explained. Then I went back Saturday and they're like, oh, no, you can take pictures here. And I'm like, what? 
we also have a food court today, so you can eat. Exactly. Yeah. And that was, I was like, okay, hold on, what? And so I was like hanging out as Lupin with my marauders around the Harry Potter lines, because that's one of my favorite other things to do, too, is there, people waiting for the celebrity are bored. They've been there for hours often. But all of a sudden, these goofballs roll up in costumes, and there's a little change in your weight. And yeah. I've always loved to do that. But then you couldn't do it Friday, and then Saturday it was like free rain, and then Sunday rolled around, and it was like this weird in between, like, well, if you angle it this way, and we can see you're not taking pictures of celebrities, we'll let it. And like, three days, three rules on the same zone, all executed differently and never explained. It almost felt like sometimes you, when you're out with your drunk friend, and they say things, and you're like, well, I can explain that. But all of a sudden they say something, you're like, I, I can't okay. explain that. <laughs> That's what it felt like trying to explain some of Denver Comic-Con's rules this year. I think the weirdest part about that, too, is, yeah, if you're trying to just go take a picture of a celebrity, you can pull that picture off the internet. Yes. The whole point of it is to stand there, have your picture taken so people can see that you were next to this celebrity and you were able to talk to them and you were able to make them laugh or you were able to, you know, be Weird Al and share a story with them. So... Does it really matter at the end of the day? I mean... Who at the end of the day goes, I have a really blurry zoomed in image of the side of one of the Weasley twins. This with is going to make else. bank. Yeah. He's looking down and signing something for someone that's not me. <laughs> but oh man, I'm so glad I snuck this one out of the con. Al had a, a booth. Yeah. There was no snap and pics of Al if you didn't pay. But everyone else was sitting at a table normally. Yep. And I guess if, when they stand up to take a picture, you can see them. Yep. But a lot of times they stayed sitting. So I don't, I I was able to see Felicia Day because I was right fucking next to her. Yes. You know, no, in the I, Weird I, Al the line. Same I was line. right there. Yep. I still, I didn't snap pictures of her though, just because I, you know, respect. Well, yeah. I wanted to just see the Weasley twins in real life. Like I was like, I'll see them. Never happened. Like I couldn't get a picture. I see them, let alone get a picture. Right. Michael Chiklis had like no line. I bet if I would have been bad. like Chiklis, you want to go get a steak and a beer on me? He would have been like, sure. Let's yeah. go. Do it. <laughs> And he really did. Like, I mean, and, and I didn't really walk around a lot. Cusack, I heard, was there for a fucking hour. Yes. That's bullshit. No, yeah. that's really, uh, that rubs me wrong. Well, that's the thing. There's just so many celebrities now that make the event special again. Because I think Carrie Elwes has a tent around his table when he goes. And he did it last year in 2016. And I remember thinking, is he like an introvert? Or is it because of the pictures? And he goes, no, I just want to make it so that way when you're talking to me, it's just me and you. Yeah. In your group. That's awesome. No line pressure, no one bothering you. You're not bothered by the transaction happening next. I want it just us. Because he understands that you're that the, the the big part for most of us is the experience. Right. Yeah. Because you can order the autograph offline at this point for most of these celebrities, but you want the experience. And so that was the weird thing when someone like John Cusack's like, I'll just be in that yeah, just an hour. And poor Michael Chiklis, I felt he wasn't advertised. I didn't even know he was mm-hmm. there until I saw him on the floor. Yeah, same. Okay, so he was there, right? He was there. Okay, yeah. I, I was positive he was almost next no, to Weird Al. No, he had Al. a panel. But yeah, no, I, I, like, if I had known he was there, I probably would have gone seven cosplays and shown up as Harvey Bullock to get a picture with him. You could have done it, man. He had plenty of time. That's, I know. And I felt bad. Like, I kept wanting to talk. Each time I see him, I'm like, he's alone. I want to go tell him he's amazing, but I've got somewhere to go. Ah. It was a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah, and it was also weird. Um, you know, they had the uh, the four Buffy villains kind of right there in a row. And James Marster's line is, of course, back past the the banner. Um, 
Juliet Landau had a few people in her line, and then um, they had the other two girls, Harmony and Glory, and they had no one. <laughs> yeah, and no, so you're like, I wanted to see Harmony to after yeah. we got done with Juliet Lando, but then all of a sudden she was like, I'm leaving. And I didn't blame her. I was yeah. like, she's just sitting there next to this long line. And I know, like, in the past, Nicholas Brendan has like a rule not to be next to James Marsters at cons anymore because yeah. he's so tired of people seeing the disparity. Of lines, but again, James Marsters. James, I've met him five times now, and he—I still blush when I talk to him. <laughs> and that's as a fully straight male, um, but he makes an experience. He's—he yeah. he's, really connects. He doesn't go, "All right, where's your money? Let's get this stamped and printed, and on to the next." He goes, "Let's talk. I want to know you. Tell me about your experience." He puts anyone who cosplays or well as his genres from his movies or TV shows on his Facebook. Like he really goes, "I want to make this a moment." So all of a sudden, you're like, "Well, yeah, I could spend." 50 bucks over here and just shake a hand and get pressed on or i spent 50 bucks and i talk with james marsters for two and a half minutes yeah he was a gem he was so sweet um carl was pointing out how everyone leaving james marsters line just had this huge smile on their face and they're like looking at the photo they had signed and they're so happy and you know he's like pointing it out and he's like it's every single person and then when we were leaving carl had the same look on his face it's true (laughs) (laughs) i i it was both fortunate and unfortunate enough for someone to film the first time i met him and i saw it and i was like man my veins are so big my (laughs) smile's so big i'm so red i'm like doubled over with joy It's popping up right now. You're yeah, just so thinking just, about just, it. Just thinking about, about it. Eighty percent yeah. the heat in the room. Twenty percent members of James Marsters. <laughs> Speaking of the heat in the room, yeah, it, it is wrap time. It has to be. I know it's it is, and I just have one quick thing to bring up. And I know we're going to talk about it uh, more in length coming up soon. Uh, but I didn't get a chance to try the uh, the Breckenridge Brewery beer. I am brute. I am brute. It's really good. It? It was really good. It was really good. Bohemian Pilsner. I was curious how it was going to taste, but I didn't get a chance. By project challenge standards, I'd give it like a 4.2. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My friend Stephanie did, um, she went to the the beer release party um, and she had a beer garden outfit and then added raccoon ears and a tail so she was rocketoberfest (laughs) that's awesome i got to be the star lord for their promotional images didn't try the beer but i I wasn't a fan of the logo you weren't no well it's just like it was it's like groot's head it's well done beautiful art nothing else but it's groot's head filled with beer so i'm already like it's a a living being made into a cup (laughs) weird and then he's filled that's with awkward. beer that apparently makes him drunk because he got like this drunken face. And again, the two things where I'm just like, that's just me. I understand. But then Gardens Galaxy 2 comes out and like poor little baby Groot's abused with space booze. <laughs> so, I'm like, so now I'm just looking at this logo of a filled Groot head, full, drunk on beer, just thinking like, mm, I don't know why. It's just making me uncomfortable. But I think too much. I ruin things by thinking too much. Don't blame the artist, but that's my only input on the beer. I will say that Breckenridge Brewery and Ink Monster, who we sat next to when we did tape live, were some of the nicest people I have ever had the pleasure of working with. We showed up, and they had a giant monkey wrench thrown in their plans that morning, and they took every effort to make sure we were set up on time to tape between 12 and 3. We will get to hear an interview with Breckenridge, Hell or High Water. We're going to make that happen. Uh, It was great talking to them, and it was great talking to Ink Monster as well. They were very very gracious hosts uh, to bit-faced and um shouting out to breckenridge as well they also sponsored cap for kids quite a bit um they got us passes um a lot of our volunteer passes were on breckenridge's dime so super appreciate that 
And they were great when I was Star-Lord. The last time I was this hot, I was in their brewery, and they kept me like, you want some water? It was great. So thoughtful. <laughs> Lovely people. Well, hopefully this is the last sauna taping this uh, <laughs> this year. We had to get yeah, it out we'll, of the way, We'll though. do it later in the day next time. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, again, if you could have the AC on right now, we'd all be very comfortable, but it makes yeah. too much damn noise. Yes, it does. Carl, thank you so much for coming back. And Absolutely. thank you for coming. This might be the last time we ever see you as Carl. I'm, I'm it's, not putting that. It's true. This I'm putting that to chance. This might be the last time I agree uh, that anyone sees me as Carl the way I live. I told <laughs> Eric, I said, we might have to run a monthly you know, skit. Like, who is the real Carl Brevik? Like, I love this plan. And you just come in in a different costume every month. And we have got about 87 months worth of costumes, so... <laughs> I think it'd be good practice for you as an actor. Like, for example, you have to come as Matt Murdock, but we're going to talk about E3. Exactly. And, what and, is and you haven't seen oh. any of the trailers. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. No, that's the thing. I, I love this plan. That was my favorite thing is people like, have you seen so-and-so? No. <laughs> no. I haven't. If I'm you want to do this, we'll talk offline. I will I will make this work. And, and you're local. I'm local. So, so yeah, you... Use me. Yeah, getting you over to the Bitcave, uh, I'm sure won't be a problem. But no. thank you so much for Absolutely. spending time with us and thank doing you for our, having me as always. Doing our DCC episode. Yeah, uh, we didn't really shout it out, uh, but thanks to Jason Jansky and D Street Press uh, for hooking us up with the media passes. It mm-hmm. was wonderful to be able to go there, talk with everyone, learn more about Pop Culture Classroom, get a bunch of great interviews and content. Everything was a blast. I know we had our small complaints, but I am looking forward to DCC again next year, June June fifteenth through eighteenth. Seventeenth. It's only three days. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Whatever. I was hoping for a fourth. Uh, we I, all we'll are. Still encourage it. Bring back the podcast next year, please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if you guys would have given me a table this year, I would have gone to town for three straight days with guests. It's just hard as a podcaster, guys, to schedule interviews in the middle of a hallway. The media room was pretty booked. I'm not bitching. Thank you so much for making me media this year. Give us a table next year. I promise we will make it worth your while every single time. Across the table from me, our guest tonight, Carl Brevik. Actually, Carl Brevik. Actually. To to my left, very happy with how her charity did this weekend. But, you know, we've got a long way to go. We do. The sexy chameleon, Rebecca. To my right, the chairman of the soundboards, Tyler Run TRG Glaze. I'm Eric G. Hollis. And there's no sucka MCs here. <laughs> <laughs>